with draconic, avian, and mammalian. 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 Is it mammalian? Yeah, I think it's mammalian. That's mammalian. Mammal. Mammal like. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. I'm getting the sense that Incense Day didn't make sense. Community Day voting has a bug in the system. Slap an engine on a cloud and boom, legendary Pokemon. Hoenn Throwback Challenge is absolutely in the bag on. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the GoCast podcast. It's May 19th, yet another Tuesday evening. My name is Chris, your host. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. I just gestured to my right like you were there, even though we're very far from each other. I have no idea why I did that. I don't think I've ever done that before. It's just something I... Who am I pointing? The stairs. I'm pointing at the stairs right now. Well, Kylie never told me you were staircase. Uh, hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> it's, it, it's going. It's going. Good. Good. Oh, good. 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 There's always room for like a 20 second fever dream at the beginning of every single episode, you know? Well, glad to have you, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And uh, taking the time to talk about Pokemon Go this week. And boy, oh boy, as always, there are some great things to talk about. And I don't actually, like, I'm not just saying that. Like, there were some big announcements today, and I'm really excited to talk about them. Some community stuff. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. I don't want to spoil anything. But before we do get started here, before the episode is underway, as it were, three shout-outs to three brand new patrons by the names of Cameron, Tommy, and Mr. Batfleck. Thank you guys so very much. Man, if that was actually Affleck, I would probably die. (laughs) I would probably die. That'd be amazing. Anyway, thank you guys so very much for your patronage. And we hope that you enjoy the Discord and the other benefits that come with being a patron. More about patronage at the end of the show. But before we get going here fully, don't get started quite yet, Mr. Kyle. I saw you getting that running start. We got to talk about goals, man. Slow it down. Slow it down. Okay. All right, Kyle, for this previous week, you had set for yourself to accomplish mm-hmm. the Hoenn Throwback Challenge, the whole research. I, I finished that earlier today. It happened. All right, sweet, sweet. Okay, Max Chandelure. I, I did that five minutes before we started recording. It's, it's done. Nice. And then you wanted to catch at least one Verizian this week. <sighs> that one didn't happen. Oh, what, dude? Come on. I'm I'm slightly disappointed in myself, but I'm also slightly disappointed in my community. Every time somebody called out a raid that enough people were going to go to, I was either at work or I was already at home from work and I just was not going back out for the night. Oh, my gosh. And then the one day I had to play, it's like, yeah, no, no one's doing any raids at all. Like five raids got called out and like, two people responded oh no so, well, you can do it with three you can do it with three y- no i was i was one of the people responding <laughs> oh darn okay well i'm sorry man that stinks but congratulations on the throwback challenge and the the chandelure the chandelure is actually kind of an accomplishment yeah now i just have the ridiculous ones left go lurk <laughs> shedinja 
and then a lowland marowak which is not ridiculous i just don't have another one right now Dude, speaking of Shedinja, I'm so excited to talk about the Hoenn throwback <laughs> challenge in the news section. That was, man, oh, I screamed. I, I was, yeah. screamed. <laughs> I was so excited. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, well, two out of three ain't bad. That's a meatloaf quote, as we've covered in a previous episode. Uh, for myself, I wanted to also do the Hoenn throwback challenge and finish that. I did. I actually finished it the very next day. It was kind of an easy one to to power through i think are they the same is this just me making it challenging for myself are what the same the challenges yeah are the, are the tasks relatively similar they're very similar whether you find the pokemon right away or not that's you know oh up that's to you. true I, I do suppose that it is kind of context sensitive like to the spawn pool and all that sort of stuff if you had to catch a certain type i forgot all about that you're 100 percent correct it legitimately took me three days to find a Meditite to catch a fighting type. I was flabbergasted. That's so funny because I was swimming in them, dude. I couldn't not see little short onion kids around anywhere. Like they were just all <laughs> over the place. That's so funny. I'm sorry about that. But hey, we finished it. We both did. So that was a success. The next one was to max a fortress for my bug maxing quest, just like Kyle is on his ghost maxing quest. I powered it up right after the show, so I would not forget. So here we are, thank goodness, still flying high on my bug, <laughs> my bug maxing thing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's going to start getting hard real, real soon here. <laughs> and then my last one was to attain 200,000 Stardust throughout the week, mostly to just replace what I had lost with the Fortress investment. I'm happy to say I did 300,000 Stardust this past week because I played quite a bit. That's pretty great. Yeah, I did really great this week. I'm very happy with how much I played and the sort of things that came from it. But more about that in just a moment when we hop into the news section. The first thing we're going to talk about in the news today is Incense Day. This is the second Incense Day in Pokemon Go. It was this last Sunday, not this last Saturday, like I thought and told all of my friends about, who then believed me in turn and were all fooled. (laughs) (laughs) To anybody that I talk to in real life about this, like IRL and stuff about this, I'm so sorry. I think I bamboozled like at least three separate people. I'm really sorry, y'all. I don't know what was going on. But on Saturday, the weather was beautiful, and I was, like, so hype. I went out to a park. I did, like, four miles of walking. I caught Pokemon for a couple of hours and did some raids and stuff. I'm like, wow, this incense event isn't that great. What's going on here? There's nothing happening. Turns out it was the next day. It was on (laughs) Sunday. And I went out again. It was pouring, and uh, I had a much different experience. (laughs) And you were like, hey, what happened? Where are all the Pokemon? Yeah, and uh, yeah. (laughs) So Incense Day, for those who did not participate or maybe you missed the news, this last Sunday, like I said, was Incense Day, and it went from 11 to 5, and it was for types that were dark and water types. That was the pool. The Pokemon that had increased spawns while an incense was active were Carvana, Alomomola, Horsey, Timpole, Murkrow, Sableye, and Scraggy. And, you know, if there was water type on the hour, because it would flip-flop every hour, there's more emphasis on the water types and vice versa for dark on those hours and stuff like that. There were quite a few different perspectives on this event and lots of (laughs) feedback on social media. So, Kyle, I'm going to turn to you. How was your experience? I'm sorry about Saturday. (laughs) I I mean, I'm going to keep it nice, short and sweet. I worked for all six hours of the incense day, so I didn't do anything. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so you don't have an opinion on the spawns or what have you? I didn't even get to see any. I've only seen anecdotes from people who played. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let me tell you, as somebody who played for probably like four and a half of those six hours, it was interesting to say the least. What was most interesting about it was that I had instance running the entire time and I was on, uh, I was sitting in a place where there were like six lures going on six stops around me and just catching for a while. Had a good time, but how much of that was the incense, which is what the event was based off of, and how much of that was the lured stops? And that's kind of what I had to kind of ask myself while trying to assess this. And so, of course, I turned to social media for an informed opinion. And boy, oh boy, did a, yeah, a lot of people, well, I like to see both sides of it, and there's usually both opinions. I just couldn't find the positive opinion for this <laughs> event, unfortunately. There, there seemed to be some major discrepancies in the spawn density and the spawn rate for some of the feature Pokemon that people were target hunting like scraggy which makes sense but carvana as well which was supposed to be like the banner child of this entire event right that was that was the vertex it's water dark it has a shiny that was supposed to be it i was surprised to see a lot of people were saying they were having difficult time finding carvana to shiny check and that the shiny rate was not what they thought it was going to be which people always complain about shiny rates i understand that but anecdotally i mean i got two shiny carvana over that time which is still not an excellent shiny rate considering, you know, four and a half hours. Mm -hmm. I could tell an event was happening, but it wasn't exciting enough for me to be like, boy, oh boy, I hope we do another one of these soon. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. I wasn't disappointed. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it as much as the other incense day, which was much more interesting to me because it was a lot more variety, I suppose. But I did catch a shiny Verizian from a raid at that very same spot. Shout out to you, Legendary Moo. Thank you very much for making that happen. And uh, that was that was cool. That has nothing to do with the event, though. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. But yeah, that was pretty much that's pretty much what everybody was thinking about it and feeling about it, from what I could tell. Did you see any differing opinions anywhere, Kyle? No, I mostly saw people saying that the spawns felt underwhelming. Which, just looking at the list, it even if they were going crazy, it still would have felt underwhelming. So. Yeah, definitely. I would say so, too. But I think a lot of people were expecting the overall spawns to change since they were talking about spawn pools and such. Mm-hmm. But that is not that's just not what the event is. So it's really hard to tell how many people were coming from a perspective of unfair expectations and how many people were just let down. Right. Yep. So I don't know. I, we would love to hear from you guys if you guys had a positive experience or a negative experience, whatever your experience was. We'd love to hear from you guys. Send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com and tell us how your incense day went. We'd love to hear all about it. Next, moving on to the Hoenn Throwback Challenge. Just like we did last week, we talked about Johto, and the week before that, we talked about Kanto. We're just going to kind of run through this really quickly. The event is going to be over very soon. We're not going to spoil the tasks or anything like that. But we're just going to talk about the reward Pokemon and the value therein for this throwback challenge. And of course, acknowledge Shiny Skitty. Hi, Shiny Skitty. How are you? Lucky you. Yeah, guess what I caught? <laughs> Go to Shiny Skitty this week. Dude, it looks just like a normal Skitty. I cannot tell the difference. I really can't. I, I, don't, I don't say that like we were talking about Gengar before the show and for reasons that will become apparent very soon if they're not already. But it's it's even worse, I think, than Gengar Shiny is where you can't tell. You literally cannot tell at all on a Skitty. Not even the slightest. Just a little bit there. It's, it's Like what? It's subtle. Like what? I mean, it's not it's not good, but it's it's there. <laughs> it's okay, fair enough. Anyway, shiny Skitty, we see you. Thank you for being here. You're great. Moving on. Pokemon earned from research in order of appearance. Here's the list. You guys ready? 
I'm going to do it anyway, even if you're not. So you better get ready. Nosepass, Laron, Hariyama, Whalmer, Manectric, Trapinch, Bagon. Can we just stop? I'm not excited about any of these yet, by the way. Any of them. <laughs> Nexus, Camerupt, and then the crowning jewel, in my opinion, of this entire research. Shedinja, baby. <laughs> yes. Shedinja. I oh made a God. verbal exclamation of happiness. I was like, oh, like so happy. Oh, man. Did you pineapple that guy or what? Oh, immediately. Good, 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 good. Uh, Slackoth was next. Absol, Swallow, which is a great catch for Stardust, I suppose. Claydol, Clamp Pearl, Celio, which I want to know why that wasn't Walrein, just saying. And Groudon. Groudon with Fire Punch was the actual end goal of that research. Although Shedinja's not a bad one either. So, just saying. <laughs> I just want to take that clip and go back maybe 18 months and then play it. Because when Shedinja was in the special research, we're like, oh no, why? <laughs> well, we're excited for it now because we need the candy for Very each of our reasons, yes. ghost maxing and bug maxing for sure. I mean, I like Shedinja a lot. And the reason that we weren't thrilled about it is because it's mechanic. Yeah. Wonder Guard or whatever it is. I think it's called Wonder Guard or something like that. Yeah. Isn't properly manifest in Pokemon Go. But hey, 10 Ninkata candy. Yeah, I'm not gonna that's, not gonna that's lie. That's what it's about. Happy about that. Yeah, just 200 more to go for me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, getting there, man. Getting there. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts on the Hoenn Throwback Challenge? Did you enjoy the research? Is this pool fun? Did you find anything else interesting in this list besides Shedinja and Groudon? Is kind of what I want to know. Not really. I thought the camera up was kind of neat, but that's coming from you know, the foresty plains biome where I don't see Nummel coming out of my ears. Right. I'm sure some people saw that and were like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was a nice surprise. It took me a minute to to register. I'm like, oh, God, that's a camera up. Oh, yeah. hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. But the research was fine for you. You enjoyed doing it. There was nothing really special about it. The Kanto one's the only one that really clicked for me, and that's maybe because it had some of the most rare spawns currently compared to mm-hmm. a lot of these outside of the Absol, I guess, and the Shedinja because you can't get that one. Plus, I mean, there's a fair amount of shiny checks in here too, right? I mean, Welmer, Pagon, Trapinch, Slackoth, Absol even. Yeah, but it's only one. Yeah, that's true. Clam Pearl, I suppose. Clam Pearl is also a good one. If you're not near a water biome, you probably never see those. That's fair, too. Mm-hmm. I kind of forget about Clam Pearl being a thing because the research day was a do it and forget moment. Definitely was. But never forget how unfair the split evolution rate is. It's, oh, jeez. Unforgiving. It's random. That's what it is. It's random and unforgiving. It's a lie. <laughs> I'm convinced every account has a fixed ratio that's different between each account because that'd be wild if if that was the case that'd be wild i don't remember who it was was it reversal who had to do like 10 or 11 clam pearls before oh it was traded it was reversal and it was also trainer tips they both had the opposite problem (laughs) if i remember correctly i think reversals was to an extent more like a magnitude more than trainer tips's problem was but they both had the same sort of problem Really funny. <laughs> and then before we move on, I just, because I never get to brag about shinies, Kyle, I got two more this week besides the ones I went out on my way to mention. You want to hear them? Okay. Barboach? 
and Wurmple, baby. Wurmple. <laughs> Wurmple. Is that your second barboach? That is, yes, my second barboach. So I'm done with that line. Nice. Which means nice. I get to have a shiny mud boy. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> now you just need, you know, seven more Wurmples. <laughs> Probably oh, more yeah. like ten, but. Yeah, because you can't, you can't guarantee which one you're going to get. Oh, God, what a Wurmple nightmare. Wurmple Community Day win. Oh, please. Wurmple Community Day. Bring, bring back the party hat. Bring out other hats. No. Let my party hat shiny be be incredibly rare for the rest of all time. I've also got to say, Kyle, I'm not sure if you notice this when your party hat Wurmple popped up, but the model of Wurmple is so small on the screen, but the shiny sparkles like start on the edge of the screen, so you don't really get to see them. I was like, oh, I get he's big shiny. I'm all about it, but like he doesn't take out that much space, man. Come on, bring him in, you know? Bring the bargles in. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much it for the entire conversation around the Hoenn stuff. I'm really looking forward to Sinnoh next week. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited to talk about that pool. I, it seems like the more we progress, the more exciting some of these choices kind of are in the research stuff. So I'm excited to see what Sinnoh has to offer. Moving right along to some stuff about Community Day. Actually, there's going to be voting for the next two Community Days, both in June and July. So not this upcoming one that's happening this weekend, but the two months after for June and July, like I said. Unlike the previous Community Day voting, this one will take place on Twitter. You'll be able to vote from Saturday, May 23rd at 6 p.m. until Sunday, May 24th at 6 p.m. Both are PDT, not local time, but PDT. So you will have to do a little bit of time zone calculation to get a, you know, figure it out there. This is a full 24 hours of voting with the winners being announced shortly after the voting ends. Small thing to note, there will be two winners. The most popular first place, essentially, will be the Community Day first that's happening in June. And then second place in the results for the poll or whatever we're doing on Twitter, I'm assuming it's going to be a poll will then take place the following month, Community Day for July. We don't have the days for those Community Days yet, but this is, that's where they'll be. That's when they'll happen, relatively so. There are four candidates for this voting, just like there were last time, and we already know what sort of moves they're going to get because it's nice to have an informed decision, when you're, especially when you're voting, right? And even though two can win, you still are only going to get one vote from the looks of it. So you still got to kind of hedge your bets, vote for your favorite. The first choice is Squirtle. If you evolve War Turtle to Blastoise, it will learn the fighting type attack Aura Sphere. Ooh. At the moment, only Lucario can learn Aura Sphere, so it will be a very unique moveset. Aura Sphere will give Blastoise a leg up against Steel types in PvP, such as Registeel. While personally, I think Squirrel might be the worst mm. choice on this list, anything to counter Registeel is like, okay, my book. <laughs> it's an interesting combination, Blastoise with Aura Sphere. I didn't realize could happen. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I don't think it gets Aura Sphere until Mega Blastoise. I like I I tried to look it up before this, but I couldn't find like a move set for Mega Blastoise. I thought Megas only changed stats. They didn't unlock any moves. So oh yeah, no no, you're 100 correct. So yeah, I wonder if regular Blastoise can learn Aura Sphere in the main series games. That'd be quite interesting, huh? I. I don't think it can. I couldn't, I didn't find it also on any of the Pokedex or the Wikipedias, but maybe someone out there actually has the answer for that one. Yeah. Can you imagine the pushback if they were like, it's going to learn Hydro Cannon? And you're like, okay, okay, the third time, fourth time? Like, neato, Magneto. Like, come on. No, thank you. <laughs> anyway, the second candidate and the best candidate is Weedle. If you evolve Kakuna to Beedrill, 
it will learn the ground type attack drill run. Combine Beedrill's bug and poison moves with a ground type move for some interesting move sets. Beedrill could even threaten Azumarill when it has shields left. The ground type move will also give Beedrill coverage against fire and rock types. Aw yeah, baby. Awesome. Candidate number three, Sandshrew. If Sandshrew wins, Kanto Sandshrew will be appearing more often in the wild and hatching from eggs, while Alolan Sandshrew will be appearing in raid battles. If you evolve either version of Sandshrew to Sandslash, it will learn the ghost type fast attack, Shadow Claw. This would particularly benefit Alolan Sandslash the most, as Shadow Claw is stronger than Powder Snow. This will improve its stock as a Giratina counter in the Ultra League. You can say that again. And then the last one, Kyle, you want to do the honors? <laughs> it's ghastly. I like that Sandshrew's entry says, if Sandshrew wins. Yeah. But all of the other ones, I, I guess it's it's denoting the Kanto versus the Lolan. Yeah, it has something else just, to say. Yeah. It's funny because of what we'll say in a second. Yeah, it's pretty funny. If you evolve Haunter to Gengar, it will learn the ghost type move Shadow Punch. Shadow Punch will provide some shield baiting opportunities as Shadow Punch charges very quickly and can be used to burn your opponent's shields down. Can anybody guess who's voting for who? I mean, you you strike me as a sand true sort of guy. <laughs> if I know I mean, anything about a, you, Kyle, and I do, your favorite Pokemon is Sandshrew. <laughs> I mean, Sandshrew is a green shiny after all. That's true. It is on but brand for you again. So is Weedle. Yeah, 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 but it's not just green. I mean, it's Weedle green is just green. Blue, yeah, but you're not. I'm, I'm worried about Beedrill. I'm not worried about okay. Weedle, man. Well, in that case, I think the best shiny on this list is definitely regular Sand Slash. Oh, the red? The red and the yellow? Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. But we're but not no going to be talking about... Sandshrew. Come on. Nobody's, nobody's voting for Sandshrew, and most people aren't even talking about... The shinies, unless you're talking about Weedle, because out of this list, the only one that doesn't already have it is Weedle. This is true. So this is a big opportunity for Weedle fans out there. And I see you, <sighs> Weedle fans. I see you. I'll see you guys at the next meeting, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to vote for Ghastly. Yeah, no, I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Do you have any excitement about Shadow Punch at all, or are you just going to vote because you love Ghastly? I mean, I'm voting because I love Ghastly, and I want, like, 10 shiny Ghastly. Mm -hmm. But Shadow Punch, I like that it's just a different choice. The thing is, Gengar, while it's not really used that much in PvP, Haunter is better in Great League, and it's just too squishy to be used in Ultra or Master League. Right, And yeah. Haunter already knows Shadow Punch. I want to stockpile the Ghastly for when Mega Gengar finally happens. It's going to happen one day. One day. It's got to. It has to. It has to. Yeah. And the next generation that's coming out is the generation that Megas debuted. So yep. Megas when, Niantic? Let's do it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I was about to make a case for Weedle, but Weedle speaks for himself. I, also, I, I okay, guess. I mean, it does, but really quick about Drill Run, what we talked about before about it, you know, getting great coverage against other types. That's true, man. I mean, fire types, even electric types, the ground the ground typing against the electric types, I mean, it, it gives Beedrill something to actually stand on. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible for a bug Pokemon, so don't you dare steal this from me. Don't you take this from me, community, I swear to God. No, it'll be fine. Whatever we, whatever ends up happening, as long as it's not Squirtle. I really can't make a good argument for Squirtle. I can't. 
or a sphere. That's about it. And that's half a point in my mind. I mean, the argument is that it's a starter that everybody loves and it feels very disingenuine to include starters in these lists for voting. A little bit. It's almost insulting for for two reasons. One, the starters have already had their time or they will have their time because they should. Yeah. And two, they're always going to be fan favorites because they're starters. They were designed to be that way. So this is a great time to mention it. Pokemon Go app on Twitter posted a poll saying, if we were to host it today, what would you vote? And it has all four options. Spoiler, Sandshrew has like 9% of the vote and Ghastly has like 36% of the vote. So, and Weedle and Squirtle are both tied right around 25%, something like that. Weedle's got 28% now, just It's close enough. It is. And like, if Squirtle wasn't there, it would be a different case. Why is it not Machop? One of the old right? choices that we Why had before that Machop? didn't win. That would be a great choice. That was a competitive choice before. I mean, Machop was, was definitely competitive, right? It was going to learn payback as Machamp or something mm-hmm. like that. Right? That, to me, that's more exciting than, than Blastoise with Aura Sphere. The only way that I would vote for Squirtle is if they said that the Squirtle with sunglasses was going to come back. Because there are a lot of people only, that miss out on that. Only if they fix them. Only if they show me a picture uh, of what it will look like before. Okay. Yeah, that, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't need any more rounded oh, sunglass squirtles. Yeah, for those of you that are listening that weren't around for Squirtle Community Day, because, Kyle, I'm not sure if you know, but that was a long time ago now. That was a very long time ago. Very that was long like time our ago. second or third episode. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yes, it was. Yes, that picture of Squirrel Squad on the front on like a Windows 98 background. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> but they, if you know anything about the anime, they had this thing called Squirtle Squad. And Ash's Squirtle was the leader of Squirtle Squad from the anime, right? And he had sunglasses on. They all had sunglasses on. But the leader had these sweet, like, spiky shades. Like, can you think of any way to describe them? Does another character have them just like yeah, that? Um, like rock star shades almost. If you ever seen Gurren Lagann... Kamina wears <clears throat> wears glasses like that. I know this is a much smaller reference than just saying, hey, it's in Pokemon, but. <laughs> yes, but also the Squirtles that were part of the squad had rounded sunglasses. And so when they said we were bringing Squirtle with sunglasses because Squirtle Squad's amazing and there's a big whole like community movement about it, they brought everybody the one with the round sunglasses, which is, I guess, maybe we should have all been more specific. <laughs> but... <laughs> Pointed glasses, Squirtle Squad is what it should have been, not just Squirtle Squad. Y'all, come on. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. So if you're like, what is going on? Sunglasses, excuse me? That's what the conversation is about. But since the conversation isn't actually about that, I'm not going to vote for Squirtle. Yep. Okay, cool. So Weedle Ghastly Day, I'm looking forward to it. And there's one thing to bring up. Why is it on Twitter? I know, I know last time I was complaining, hey, why is it? tied to research stops but this is just another extreme and twitter is public so it's great for me because gengar is one of the most favorite pokemon of all pokemon fans so it's it's gonna be more or less easy win but why couldn't it have been tied into the game as some kind of voting there instead of being tied to gameplay or twitter right yeah it's kind of like I like that they got rid of the the research task voting because that wasn't great because you couldn't necessarily guarantee you'd find a task for who you wanted to vote for. So that kind of stunk. 
But yeah, I agree with you. This seems like a step too far in the other direction almost where it's like, yeah, public domain, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But even more so, like not every Pokemon Go player has a Twitter account or wants to have yep. a Twitter account. And yep. I think that's the biggest reason. Like just an example. Why not use the new research, the new daily research that they have? Say if you have no field research come Saturday you will receive four and you can complete one to cast a vote. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It's it's the same thing, still tied to research so that they use the same infrastructure. I mean, or like if you go to the events page in mm-hmm. the app, it pulls up a, a web page. It does. So, so <laughs> it why, does. Don't, why isn't there just a tab under that for events or something like that where you can pull up a poll page and it's tied to your account because that's how the <sighs> event stuff works and... Yeah. The infrastructure seems there. I probably I probably am missing the point, and there's probably a good reason why they're not doing that. I would imagine. For every weird choice that Niantic makes, there's at least one good reason. There usually is. And in this case, there I can't is figure it out. There is a reason. I guarantee there is always a reason that it's done. Whether it's good or bad, that's, you know, subjective. Up for debate? I yeah, suppose. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, speaking of, of weird choices, but I'm not complaining about this. We got a new announcement today about three upcoming brand new legendary Pokemon. Unova's legendary elite trio. Three draconic roars can be heard in the distance. One belongs to a Pokemon that's capable of scorching the world when people turn their backs on the truth. Another belongs to a Pokemon that can raise entire kingdoms with its electricity if ideals are not revered. The final roar belongs to a Pokemon within which dwells an even greater power bound by extreme cold that's so that's worded so weird what, Jeez, the? what a strange description of legendaries what? yeah anyway continuing originally discovered in the unova region and first met by trainers in pokemon black version and pokemon white version legendary pokemon reshiram zekrom and kyurem will soon be making their pokemon go debut in five star raids be sure to have your remote raid passes stocked before Tuesday, May 26th, when Reshiram, the vast white Pokemon, will be the first to arrive in Pokemon Go. So we have dates for Reshiram, but not the other two. It's safe to assume they'll follow kind of in suit afterwards. So when is Reshiram in raids, just generally speaking? From Tuesday, May 26th at 1 p.m. PDT to Tuesday, June 16th at 1 p.m. PDT. So like, what, three weeks-ish? Yeah, about three yeah. weeks. Reshiram will be in raids. Features include Reshiram will be in raids. In addition, there will be raid hour events featuring Reshiram every Wednesday while it's in five-star raids. Raids featuring Reshiram will happen more frequently during the following periods of time. These are all going to be Wednesdays. The first is on May 27th from 6 to 7 p.m. local time. The next one's June 3rd, and then one after that is June 10th. They're all Wednesdays at 6 to 7 p.m. local time. Again, emphasis on remote raid safety. If you need to, the system is there. Please use it if it's appropriate for your space. Go ahead. That's cool. That's cool. That being said, there are people around me that are still doing, you know, car raid trains, and those are still abiding by guidelines. So good on you players that are being creative out there. That's awesome. So any love for Reshiram, Mr. Kyle? Are you excited about this at all? Black and white's kind of a weird blind spot for me in the Pokemon universe. So, I mean, I am, but... Also, I don't have a deep emotional connection to this Pokemon at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. Honestly, I wasn't super into black and white. I beat it. But the fact that the legendary encounter is literally right before the champion, like, 
completely turned me off from playing the post game and i don't even remember why yeah that's a bit messed up yeah dude plus those games were were notoriously difficult yeah black and white were tough were tough pokemon games yes they were kind of a more they also more of a mature theme right there was a lot of like war and stuff yeah i heard the story for black 2 and white 2 was actually really good i never played it though yes it's really good but it's also convoluted as many good stories are so in the vehicle of what anime are yeah very true but in the vehicle of what is supposed to be normally at least demographically kind of a child's game it was a weird venue but for those that were able to work through it and complete it it just has high praise yeah it's interesting i mean i'm looking forward to it i'm going to try to catch a bunch uh we'll talk more about this pokemon and pokalore spoilers it's worth your while from that perspective i think kyle's going to give us additional reasons as to why we should love this pokemon in just a couple minutes here but uh any reason why we shouldn't just hop into that no, I can't wait to talk more about Reshiram. Okay, let's talk more about Reshiram. All right, let's go into Gear Up. Where we're going to talk about Reshiram, the dragon Ooh. fire type. And that's that's quite a combo. So better watch out, Rayquaz. Um, uh, watch out, Entei. <laughs> uh, okay, anyways. Reshiram is going to have a max CP of 4038. It's, uh, it's a big boy breaking that 4,000. Wowzer. Jeez, Okay. Got an attack of 275, puts him like right below Rayquaza and Salamence. They're both just a little bit above him. It's like the top 15 of all Pokemon. Yep. Stamina of 205 and defense of 211. Good stats, but not amazing, not top tier. Makes him very bulky still. But above 200, legendary stats, man. Yeah. It's It's hard to beat legendary stats. It really is. The move sets. This is info going based on info that's been in the game's data for months and months since the generation was added, more or less. So I wouldn't expect it to change, but it is possible that it can. Its fire move set is going to be Fire Fang and Overheat, and its dragon move set is Dragon Breath and Draco Meteor. Talking about the dragon moves first, with that move set of Dragon Breath and Draco Meteor. It makes it the second best dragon type in the game. Slightly less DPS than Rayquaza, which is really hard to beat, mm-hmm. but significantly more bulky. So it's it's more or less a wash. Its DPS is slightly lower than Salamance, but Salamance is notorious for being a glass cannon. And Reshiram's got those legendary stats to back it up. So true no, that. no glass from Reshiram. Yeah, Salamance just kind of like just fall over in the wrong circumstance, so... Yeah, yeah, he does. In terms of DPS, though, Reshiram kind of crushes all of the rest of dragon types that you would bring. Stuff like Dragonite is even farther below Salamance, so it's not really worth discussing. But something else that's worth discussing is the fire type. Fire Fang and Overheat makes Reshiram the best fire type in the game, bar none. Wait, really? Even Chandelure? Oh, it's miles above Chandelure. Oh, wow. Okay. It's miles above Volcarona, who isn't even out yet and was going to take the number two spot. It has 20% more DPS slash TDO compared to the next best, which is Entei. And Entei was already 10 to 15% better than anybody else that you would bring. Man, Fire is man. Yeah. Like, it's a shame. Someone like no, there's there's no good there's no good options. All of the uh, Blastburn Charizard, you know, a yeah. properly kitted Flareon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, when we're digging into evolutions for DPS, that's not Ice type. 
yeah you know, this this there's problems or vaporeon i mean vaporeon's not bad uh, leafeon uh, uh, i'm joking Leafeon's these are all okay. jokes leafeon no, is okay there are some but, evolutions that are competitive but flareon is yeah. not on that list <laughs> no no but like you know the fire type list is almost completely dominated by community day starters <laughs> and then entei moltres and heatran so Reshiram is going to destroy pretty much everything else there. But which one should you use? Well, I hope what I've said has helped give you an idea. But if you don't already have six Rayquaza built and you're still looking to do raids, the Dragon-type moveset is very competitive. But the Fire-type moveset is so much better in terms of other Fire-types that it just feels like the best way to go. At least that's how I will when I eventually get my Reshiram. What about you, Chris? Which one sounds more appealing to you? Um, I've, I've got so many Rayquaza from 500 Raids a Summer. I'll probably <laughs> dump it into the fire. I, I only maxed out one Entei, so it's not a huge loss for me. You know what I mean? So I think the Fire-type moveset's probably appealing to me. Yeah. As for the PvP section of Reshiram, it's, it's going to have a place. I'm sure it will with the legendary stats, that high CP. But somebody else is going to figure that one out once it's around i'm sure it will make good use of its four times resistance to fire and grass type and the fact that it's not weak to ice so Mm -hmm. oh that's huge that's right and it's also not weak to fairy either so i'm sure rashram will fit into the master league meta somewhere but until then we'll have to see i mean it definitely well it's going to destroy in master league yeah it still loses to Diaga, by the way. I had to check that just to make sure it loses all scenarios to Diaga. Oh, sweet. And we'll find out why in just one second, because we're going to talk about some raid counters. And as mentioned, Reshiram is the dragon that doesn't take super effective damage from ice because of its fire typing. So this leaves you with three choices, dragon, rock, and ground. In the dragon department, all of these Pokemon are going to want to have double dragon movesets. Number one is Dialga. Wait, hang on. Yeah, you actually can use your PvP Dialga that you maxed out for Master League. Those of you who did it. <laughs> it's not the best dragon in the game, but it doesn't take super effective damage from dragon type moves like other dragons do because nope. of the steel typing. But it will take neutral damage from fire. Yes, but you got other choices when you run into a fire type Reshiram. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay. Ooh, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. As for the rest of your dragon type choices... Rayquaza, because duh, it's Rayquaza. Salamance, for reasons we've just discussed, it's the second best currently until Reshiram. Dragonite, and then a double dragon Garchomp, because who doesn't want to use the Garchomp they slaved over maxing with rare candy. For rock types, all these are double rock attackers. Rampardos, Rhyperior, Tyranitar. So there's your there's your choices against the fire moveset, as well as the ground Pokemon, Groudon, and Excadrill. Even if they have a Dragon-type move, the Dragons are still the best just because how much DPS Dragon-type in general brings. Is that why you didn't put Garchomp on the ground list as well? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I was going to ask. The DPS is is huge. Sure. Absolutely. And Earthquake's just terrible still. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no arguing that. Any of these Pokemon are, are good choices to bring against Reshiram. I think if you have perfect level 40 Dialgas with best friend bonus, you can duo Reshiram if you're into that sort of thing still. 
that sounds just not fun to me, but I know that people really enjoy short manning raids still. Hey, if I had a short man partner, I would do it. I say that, but the level of an investment it takes to get those counters Absolutely up not. is is, <laughs> is astronomical. I couldn't pull that off. No way. Not right now. So after hearing that, I'm excited about Reshram. It's the first Pokemon that's got some relevance that we've had in raids in months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty jazzed about it, too. I mean, considering all the uses it's going to take, I've got all these raid counters already pretty much beefed up. I mean, there's some, you know, returning phases and stuff like that. But the Dialga is an interesting one. It'd be good to have an excuse to use Dialga for a change. That's exciting. Maybe even my Garchomp, although he's got double ground moves on him because I didn't think about it. <laughs> I got to re-kit my Garchomp. But yeah, this this looks interesting. I'm actually excited to raid this Pokemon. I'm hoping I actually get to raid this Pokemon. Here's hoping my community works it out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's the it's the first time that Reshram has been out. This was the second time for Verizian, so that makes sense. Nobody's going to be really yeah. that interested. But first time Reshram in the first two days, I bet you'll have no problem finding people. I hope so. I hope so, too. And that seems like a great opportunity for us to then move on to the next section so we can continue talking about Reshiram, the vast white Pokemon in the Pokalore section. Thank you, Kyle. Reshiram is a white-colored bipedal Pokemon with draconic, avian, and mammalian traits. A long, voluminous, wispy mane streams out from the upper side of the snout and outwards from its head. The top of this mane is adorned with two protrusions, which resemble ears. Reshiram's face is fringed with spiky features, and it has a small pointed extension below the chin. Its eyes have blue irises and black pupils. There are two pairs of pointed teeth visible when the mouth is open, one in the upper jaw and one in the lower. Reshiram has a long and slender neck with a fluffy collar-like protrusion jutting out of two gray glass-like neck bands. Its arms begin slender and arm-like, but then flare out into a more wing-like appearance, sporting four claws which resemble hands on the leading edge. There are plates at the back of Reshiram's quote, hands, quote, that sports a similar color to its neck rings. Reshiram has a feathered or furry feature on its chest, with the lower portion protruding outwards to a point. Long, feather-like protrusions jut out of its thighs. On its feet are large gray claws, three at the front and one positioned in the back, resembling high heels. Oh, I love that. Thanks for calling that out. <laughs> Reshiram's tail is a mass of plume and ribbon-like extensions surrounded by two large bands similar to the ones around its neck. When its emotions surge, it enters overdrive mode, and its tail lights up with a fiery glow. Reshiram has a jet engine-like tail, which it uses to accelerate itself when flying at high speeds. It can send <laughs> flames from its tail into the air to incinerate everything around it. It's a firebender. By flaring its tail, Reshiram is capable of moving the Earth's atmosphere and changing the weather. This tail generator is also activated when influenced by either Fusion Bolt or Bolt Strike, which in turn powers up Reshiram's own Fusion Flare or Blue Flare. In Unova mythology, Reshiram sided with the older brother who sought the truth. As a result, it firmly believes in truth. If you couldn't tell from the copy that we read at the beginning when we were talking about the announcement for these three legendaries, there's like a lot of like mythological, like cultural, like moral ties to this. Like it was kind of a religious story to a degree, um, mm -hmm. kind of like an origin story for the culture that's in the game. So this one resembles, it's basically kind of like the demigod of truth to, the, to them in this culture. It's really quite interesting, actually. I kind of like how much they put into that. Like, 
legendary Pokemon being around would definitely be mythological creatures like this, you know, and not just like, oh, it's so rare. It's probably extinct. Like, no, if these powerful Pokemon were around before and they were changing the Earth's atmosphere or whatever, that's you would write. You would do cave paintings about that. You would write books about that. You know, I mean, like, wow, (laughs) Kyle, any love for Reshiram or kind of like the flavor of this? It's kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see the the mythological side because it really does fit for legendary Pokemon. I like yeah. to see that played out more. Although like Reshiram doesn't really have its own identity as a legendary Pokemon. All of the previous ones up to this point have had very defined legendaries. You have Kyogre's an ocean spirit, basically. Groudon is ground and lava. Dialga is time or space palkia is time blah 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 right right yeah reshram is truth well i mean but like (laughs) they're all dragons they're all dragons which is cool because none of them are psychic and that's a nice change of pace in and of itself (laughs) but yeah but yeah it's you know i don't know it just kind of wanted to be a little bit different and so you can't it's like oh it's the dragon fire type like wow okay cool what an identity that is no it's a it's a symbol of truth and i kind of like that more than just getting behind like what it is like its identity isn't necessarily its niche right Mm -hmm. and i like that about it that's kind of nice um but you know we're not going to talk about stats kyle just covered them before but just really quickly the max cp i just want to remind you guys is astronomical it's 40 38 really great stats there's two move sets fire or dragon you want to use fire and that's pretty much the summary of what kyle just said so great well, that's it for Reshiram. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Reshiram in the future, especially if it's going to be as prevalent in the meta as we think it's going to be. Um, so I'm, I guarantee you guys, this is not the last time we're going to talk about Reshiram, but it's going to be the last time right now. I can tell you that. I've had a lot. And let's move into the Pokepole. So last week's question was, in your opinion, what makes a Pokemon a good candidate for community day or research event? What's your most desired choice? philosophy said (laughs) number one exclusive move must improve it so it's viable in either pvp or pve a must and usually occurs minus slacking two uncommon so candies are normally hard to come by definitely three the shiny should look different to regular pokemon unlike garchomp not that important and then Next up, they go on to list their most desired choices, which is one, Litwick, two, Darumaka, and three, Axew. Darumaka Community Day would be a great way for them to add Zen form into the game. It would be, but I think it's an egg-exclusive sort of thing. Yeah, but I I would, I would like for them to switch that around for sure, and I would love a Litwick Community Day. Oh, man. Give me... Please. I mean, they've already demonstrated they're not they're not afraid to shy away from giving us a lot of Litwick at once. We've had two events recently that have given us Litwick spawns. So yeah. maybe around Community Day Halloween-ish, you know, that'd be Look, cool. I'll be, I'll be honest, I don't have high hopes for Community Days going forward with this vote being for two months in a row, but we'll... We'll wait and see. I'll try not to be jaded about it. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that once things return to normal, they will focus more on crafting community days when they have the resources to do so. Because they're definitely mm-hmm. focusing on other things right now. Yeah. Pelo Pogo said, has AR potential. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Every Pokemon is somebody's favorite, except for Snubble, Pelo. I mean, actually, it's, it's not Snubble that is nobody's favorite. I just wish I could remember which Pokemon it was. Oh, yeah, there were two that didn't get any votes, right? Weren't there, like, two yeah, of them? It's, it's, like, the the electric eel Pokemon. I don't remember its name. Electros? Something like that. Electros. Electos. 
yeah, something, something like that. That's whatever. nobody's favorite Pokemon. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. XL Chef said, "I'm good with any increased shiny chance Pokemon in short black time. Then they can put it in the wild at regular rates." Okay, yeah. So as long as there is an increased shiny chance, he's willing to go out and hunt regardless, and then you know put the shiny out afterwards. So it yeah. sounds like sounds like Excel Chef's pretty easy to please. You taking notes, Niantic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's from El Broncosaurus. It has to be an interesting Pokemon that isn't common in a lot of places, like C Dot. It's understandable that some Pokemon that are common to us and not to others. But come on, there's so many better choices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. <laughs> trap inch community day too. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I feel bad for the people in the desert biome who had to go through that community day. Oh, but those shinies were so good looking. Uh, They were okay, but there weren't that many of them. Yeah. Legendary Moo said, most people are happy enough if it's a new shiny. I like if something gets an attack that can make it relevant or better in PvP. I'm into that, brother. I'm into that. Yeah. This is such a difficult thing that I just wanted to touch on because... We're all more interested if something becomes better as a result because we're all playing the game right now. But in six months, how's that going to feel for somebody who may have had to work this community day but wants to still use this Pokemon in PvP? You can't just say Elite TM because it's not readily available. And so it's it's a kind of catch-22. If they make too many Pokemon better with community days, it just causes an imbalance in the community. See, but here's the thing, though. The more community days that they have that give Pokemon an exclusive PvP option, the less imbalance it's going to be because there will be more powerful options. And so then, therefore, the Elite TM becomes a more viable choice. You see? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily agree because some moves are going to be more powerful on some Pokemon than others. I think if they wanted to go that route community day moves should stop being exclusive and start being unlocked this coming community day go out and play and have your chance to catch a shiny insert pokemon and starting from that time forward all blank evolved can now have a chance to learn this move with a guarantee if you do it on community day okay so a chance does that mean that it would be in the regular tm pool then yes i think if they're going to do that it should if they're going to keep releasing moves that can be relevant or better in PvP, it needs to be available to everybody at all times. Right. Okay. Yeah, I could I could see a good argument for that. But the thing is, is that if they go that route, they cannot deviate from that at all. You know what I mean? Like once they establish yeah. that route of going, it's not like the community patterns where it's like their prerogative, whether or not it's a starter every other month. You know, where they want to deviate, which they've done before and they're doing with this voting system yet again, unless yeah. Squirtle wins, in which case. Ugh. But I mean, they're already deviating. It's very clear they're trying to break some of the formula of Community Day. And if they're not going to, you know, stick to what we already have, I think they should change it for the better for the whole community as opposed for anything else. That's true. But exclusivity brings people out, man. I think the shiny is more than enough to bring people out if it's a good Pokemon. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, yeah never underestimate an increased shiny rate, I suppose. Cool. Oh, yeah. This week's Pokepole is, if you could have an ability of one Pokemon, what ability would it be and why? Okay, so I was thinking about this all day, and I have a very basic answer because I literally can't think of a better one. 
Okay. Okay. And I, I thought of a lot of them. I went actually through a list and I was like, oh, yeah, what does this Pokemon do? What does this Pokemon do? What's he known for? Blah, blah, blah. I would want to have Bulbasaur's, or I guess any evolution that can learn this, but the way that Bulbasaur uses it in the anime, I would love to be able to use Vine Whip myself. Okay, okay. You're going for the actual move. Yes. Yeah, well, or just I want the I want the vines to be able to control them for like a second pair of hands. Bulbasaur is able uh-huh. to like like climb mountains with those things. He's able to like lift himself up into trees. He's able to catch Pokemon in the air. He's able to slap somebody silly with them. There's so many applications and all of those appeal to me. <laughs> so why not Vine Whip? Right? Why not? Okay. What okay. about you? So mine was really easy once I once I read the question that you wrote, mm-hmm. and it's Gengar's ability to perfectly hide in the shadow of any object because well, and not just hide; it can, he can like attach onto the shadow and go wherever that shadow goes and remain hidden perfectly. Right. I don't care about practicality. In my current everyday life, I figure something out. That's just really cool. <laughs> no idea what you'd use it for. It's just neat. Not at all. That's just really cool. <laughs> I find I find something I could do for a living. Has anybody seen Kyle? I don't know where he is. Turn on all the lights. Turn them all on. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, if you could have an ability of one Pokemon, what ability would it be, and why? You can answer when we post it on social, such as Facebook or Twitter. You can also answer if you're a patron in our Discord. We have a Pokepult channel just for you guys. More about Patreon at the end of the show. You can leave us a voicemail to the number 262-586-7717. Or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And speaking of emails. 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 Email time. It's email time. And this first one is from Cameron. I just recently started listening and I'm currently listening to your first episode of 2019. Don't judge. I'm going as fast as I can. Cameron, we (laughs) will judge you. You're listening to the backlog. Thank you. Why? Thank you. (laughs) I listen to you guys when I'm at work. I work at a library, so I walk around and shelve books for five hours. And I've learned so much just in the past couple of weeks. I've even broken my rule of no podcasts outside of work or else you won't have anything to listen to while shelving (laughs) and listen when I'm doing (laughs) stuff around the house. Keep up the great work. It's such a great show. I can't wait to actually catch up. One thing I wanted to share. Okay, here we go. I caught a 100% snubble on community day, but it was my second one. Well, a 100% to 100% Cameron, (laughs) I guess. Uh, (laughs) I had caught another one a few months prior. Not sure of my shiny count since I, I don't have my phone on me, but it's at least five. I hope you are all doing well considering the current circumstances. Stay safe and keep catching. Cameron. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks. Congratulations on your 100% snubble. Uh, 100% are really cool, regardless of the Pokemon. And I, I, I will die on that hill, clearly, since not a big fan otherwise. Did, did you get a 100% snubble, Chris? I didn't, but you know what? I didn't check. Did you transfer all of them? No, I didn't. Tra- Wait, actually, hang on a sec. Did I? Quick, type four asterisks into your search <laughs> I'm bar. I'm doing it. Hang on. hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, no, Kyle. Did you oh, have no, one? No, I have one. I also have one. I want you gone. Why do I have you? Oh no! Well, I gotta, I gotta star him. Oh come on! Oh man! Okay, well, <laughs> dang. Anyway, Cameron, thank you for 
for bringing for bringing that 100% snubble in uh, into my life as it has now been brought in to yours. <laughs> Good luck. Next email is from Jackson. He said, hey, my answer to the Pokepole is to me a good candidate would have to be semi-popular Pokemon. It has to have a bit of exclusivity, but it also has to change the meta in some way. That's, you, got, you got some high hopes. It's, yep. it's tough to please over here. Sounds like he's in line with Moo's opinion, too. Yes, definitely. There's mm-hmm. plenty of plenty of people who do have that same opinion. Absolutely. All right. I didn't have to restart my Nuzlocke. My mental health wouldn't let me. <laughs> Speaking of my Nuzlocke, story time. Oh, yeah. We asked him to tell us about his Nuzlocke last week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, this, is, this is a good story. I like okay. This. So when I first got to the second island in Pokemon Sun, I was hoping I could get a Mudbray because I had heard that Mudsdale was quite good. So I ran the grass. I found the Mudbray first try. I threw a Pokeball but failed to catch it. It oh, called no. for help. Nothing happened. I tried to catch it again. Still nothing. Then it called for help. This time, a Mudbray showed up. But not just any Mudbray, a shiny Mudbray. I caught the shiny and named her Lucky because it was pure luck by Jackson. No that's, kidding. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's a killer story. I've, I've only ever seen two shinies legitimately in a Pokemon game. Not, that's not Pokemon Go. So, And that wasn't being hunted for or just in general? Well, I mean, I've never hunted for any shinies, but yes. Le- mm-hmm. legitimately found right just happenstance one in 4k or whatever it is one in 8k 8k it's 4k with the shiny charm right that's why i think that yeah of course it is <laughs> but that's a killer story that's really awesome good for you man the next email is from ward hey guys ward cookie here love your podcast i'm a belgian currently doing an internship in rio due to the pandemic pokemon go is one of the few things that i can do to keep me entertained It gave me the chance to collect some nice regionals, and your podcast really adds more depth to the whole experience. Oh, thank you. We're glad to hear that. Now, I think it would be really cool if they implemented a way to battle AI trainers at Pokestops, much like the Rocket Grunts. But instead of Grunts, it would be Bug Catchers, Fishermen, etc. And instead of getting the chance to catch a Shadow Pokemon, you would earn, say, 5 to 10 Pokecoins, just like in the Nintendo games, like they would give you some money. They could also connect this with the metal system, where if you defeat X amount of swimmers or something, you would unlock certain cosmetics in the store. What are your thoughts about this? Keep up the good work. That's really smart. Of all the conversations we've had about adding other things to gyms and stops and stuff, we've never once considered adding other types of AI opponents other than rocket grunts. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. I love the idea. I'm personally not huge on rocket grunts. And I wouldn't imagine these would give Pokecoins, but that would be a great feature to add because the technology is basically already there. Just don't make the stops turn black and have another trainer show up instead of a rocket grunt. And you're basically good to go already. Exactly. Niantic, it writes itself. Come on. No, that's a brilliant idea. Thank you so much, Warden. Thank you for the email. Grayson wrote in and said, hey, GoCast, I have two questions for you to answer this week. The first question is, what are you going to vote for for June Community Day? I'm choosing Weedle. Me too. Well, Chris is going to choose Weedle. I'm going to choose Ghastly. It was destined. That's just it the was facts of life. It's how it works. <laughs> and my second question is, what is your favorite legendary or mythical Pokemon? Mine is Zacian. Also, during Incense Day, I got a shiny Sneasel. Oh, congratulations. Yes, that's a great shiny. Yeah. Have a good week, Grayson. Favorite legendary or mythical? Favorite legendary or mythical? Oh, mine's easy. Suicune. Hands down. Okay. Love Suicune. Love Suicune. (laughs) 
I got to think about it for a second. Oh, while you're thinking, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Kyle and I, I've mentioned this a couple of times in the past, but Kyle and I are currently doing a red version playthrough every Thursday night around 730 p.m. Central Standard Time on our YouTube channel. I'll have a link to that. I'll add one in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. But we're getting towards the end here. We just caught all the legendary birds and all that's left is the elite for the champion getting a Mr. Mime into the Hall of Fame and then catching Mewtwo <laughs> before we're done. And then after we're done, Kyle and I have made the decision together that for Generation 2 is going to be two big changes. One, we're going to be switching over to Twitch instead of YouTube for streaming because Twitch has a lot of systems we like much more than what we've experienced and experimented with for like, what, almost 12 or it's going to be 12 or 13 when all said and done stream sessions. So a fair amount. But the second big thing is also we're going to do crystal instead of gold or silver. And I'm very excited because sweet coon and that was it okay what's your answer kyle right. got one my answer is it's a tie okay and it, it's a tie between giratina and groudon really groudon groudon has a special place in my heart because ruby was my gen 3 game so i had groudon that's just what it was but it's so laughably absurd that groudon is even an option against kyogre you've all we made the joke in an image for the podcast when we talked about it months ago. Mm-hmm. Groudon standing on a little island yelling at Kyogre, who's just surrounded by water in the ocean. <laughs> Groudon, what are you even doing? Yeah, yeah. And then Giratina, because it's, it's a legendary ghost dragon, and it just, it's just really think, cool. I think you're required by law to personally love that Pokemon. Yeah. 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 It's. I think so. It's great. <laughs> anyway, thank you for the email, Grayson. Really appreciate it. And our last one is from Splinteris. What's up, you crazy, lovable goofballs? Well, that's subjective. (laughs) While I was walking in one of my local parks today to hatch eggs and hunt shinies, I had an idea for what to call my first shiny skitty. Skitty, but pronounced with a Sean Connery accent. Okay. Uh, Skitty. (laughs) Hand me my skitty, would you? (laughs) I love it. It wouldn't be the first time I came up with a goofy name for a shiny. For example, on Squirtle Community Day, when they had the sunglasses, I got my first Shundo. I evolved it all the way to Blastoise and was trying to think of the good name. The regular Blastoise with sunglasses remind me of Ozzy Osbourne. So a shiny 100% with sunglasses? I named him Freddie Mercury. (laughs) Uh, So here's a question. Oh, that was a great punchline. Thank you, man. (laughs) So here's a question. What are some of the funny or goofy things you have named any of your Pokemon, including the main series games? Thanks for all you do to bring us all kinds of entertainment. Gym Leader Splinteris. First of all, before we answer the question, I have to say, today I tried to send out a tweet with the announcement of Reshiram coming to raids in the raid hours. I put that tweet up four separate times because the first three I had errors in them. And every single time Splinteris was there to like it. And man, you're a warrior. Thank you for your support, man. I I really do. And just thanks for thanks for sticking it out through four versions of the same dang tweet, man. <laughs> anyway, so the question, funny or goofy names you've used for Pokemon in the past. Do you have any? Not really. When I play Pokemon games, I don't name my Pokemon. Yeah, me neither. When I play for myself. So I have I have two answers. One of them like doesn't really count, but it was too funny not to do. And the other is from our red version playthrough. Okay. The red version playthrough one that still just makes me laugh is we caught a ponyta <laughs> and then we named it cow. <laughs> <laughs> there was no good reason. It was the 
like first no exact reason. It was just the first yeah, suggestion. Yeah, suggestion. Like, that's it. <laughs> and then like a split second later, chat updated to say fire cow. And we're like, no, we already submitted it. Yeah, let's say whatever. <laughs> and then the other answer I've mentioned before, I played a Pokemon tabletop game three or four years ago when I was in college. Was, my God, it's more like five or six years ago now. And my player character's name was Max Nightmare. <laughs> and he was like a rogue thief character. And it's it's double funny for two reasons. One, it was spelled Nightmare with a K. Oh my gosh. And two, our DM's name was Max. So we could never refer to my character as Max because reasons. Yeah, right, right. So, so my character went through the entire playthrough as being addressed as Mr. Nightmare by everybody. Mr. And Nightmare. It was, and with a Gengar following in his shadow everywhere. So it was perfect. Oh, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Oh, geez. I wish I had gone first because my answers are not nearly as good as yours. I also never named my Pokemon when I did my own personal playthroughs. My first encounter with actually naming Pokemon and renaming them on purpose was in Pokemon Go when I was like putting stats and their moves and stuff in to, to like to know that they were 100% or from a community or whatever. But beyond that, actual fun or goofy names... It's pretty much been reserved to almost exclusively our red version playthrough, which is filled with a great named Pokemon because our chat is fantastic. Cow is a good one, but I would wager, I would wager that when we named our Eevee dog, that was even better. <laughs> that was a good one. It was, yeah. especially because we're still using it. It's oh, funny. yeah. Vaporeon's in our, in our Elite Four team for sure, and it's great because it always comes out when we need it the most, and we're just like, go, dog! Hit him with that surf dog or whatever. Oh, he doesn't know surf. Our Nidoking does. And Nidoking is also named Moon Boy. And that was a great name. And Tyler, if you're listening, Maggie has no place on our team. No <laughs> place. Oh, and Pidgey Grabber, if you're listening, remember that Grabba, the, that, that Pidgey we named Grabba from like the first route we put back in our box after like the second stream? You haven't been around. I'll have you know, that's the Pokemon we use for flying now. We use it like a level seven Pidgey. It's the only Pokemon we have that can learn fly right yep. now. Scyther, no. Charizard, no. Pit Pidgey, I guess we have to. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, Beedrill too. Beedrill can't learn fly either, right? Nope, it could Oh not. my gosh. Yeah, dude, so many so many candidates. It's just disappointing. Anyway, thank you very much for the email, Splinteris. We really quite appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of the show. If you guys would like to send us an email, you can do so to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Please visit our website at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast. Like us on Facebook, The Gocast Podcast. If you'd like to help support the show and get some patron-exclusive benefits, you can do so at our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash gocastpodcast, where as little as $1 a month, which is the lowest tier, Gets you access to, at the very least, which is also like probably the best thing in there, our Discord community and like our remote tournaments and all that fun stuff. We're having a great, grand, fantastic time over there. We invite you to come join us. But if monetary support is not your dealio or it's just not in the cards for you right now, you can always leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever your heart desires to listen and or review. Please do. Every review helps us immensely. I cannot even begin to describe how helpful reviews are. My goodness. So please, and thank you in advance. But, Mr. Kyle, one last thing before yes. I hit this stop recording button. We got to give ourselves some some direction, some purpose, some 
We got to chart a course. You know what I mean? Through next week with goals. Well, not not only that. What happens next week? Oh, next week is the CDOT Community Day and also Sino Throwback. So kind of think about that. Although we've never made a over this entire throwback series of events, we haven't made any goals that pertain to them besides finishing the research, which I'll probably do again. But yeah, CDOT Community Day, man. You excited? No. Me neither. I got the day off. <laughs> no, I'm, and I'm actually, like, should I have? <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited about it. I, I really like community days. It doesn't matter if it's a great Pokemon or not. I still look forward to them, to be super honest with you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what are you going to accomplish this week? So I'm going to finish the, the Sinnoh event. Okay. Because I know if I don't make it a goal, I may let it slip by me, and that would be terrible. Okay. Um, I don't have a ghost that I can max out right now because the only one I have is my pvp alolan marowak who already has a second move so i don't really want to spend the dust on him yeah maybe not so i'm gonna try just for two hundred thousand stardust okay and six shiny c dot six shiny c dot okay so sino throwback finished that bad boy off two hundred thousand stardust and six shiny c dot and terrakian would like I still don't have one, so I would like a Terrakian. A Terrakian. We can do that. We can write that down for sure. One Terrakian. Okay, great. Awesome. For myself, I'm going to be doing the Sinnoh throwback. I'm going to try to get 200,000 Stardust. I'm going to try to catch more than 10 Shiny dot, since we have, you know, like five hours to do it or whatever it is. A ridiculous amount of time. Very excited about that. And then... I think, oh man, should I make this week really hard for me? I haven't given myself a hard time for a few weeks. Should I do it? Tell me, honestly. Do it. I'm going to do it. Okay, thank you. Thanks for enabling me. Two more goals. I'm going to have five. One oh shiny Terrakian. And even though even though I have a maxed out Caesar already, I'm going to max out a second one. It's going to be my shiny Caesar because he's next in the bug list. Well, look at, look at you. Five goals, man. Let's do it. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Really quite appreciate it, especially all the way through to the end like this. Um, And we'll see you guys next week for episode 95. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.